Hi again, Medical Education Podcast listeners. This is Kevin Eva, the Editor-in-Chief of the Journal, coming to you today with the pleasure of speaking with a colleague from across the globe. I'm sitting in Vancouver, of course, and momentarily you'll hear from Professor Aihua Yang, who is visiting assistant professor at City University of Hong Kong. And Aihua and her colleagues have a paper coming out in the May 2022 issue of Medical Education with the title Implementation Strategies for High-Performance Healthcare Simulation Centers, a Multi-Center Exploratory Case Study in China. First and foremost, Aihua, welcome. It's nice to see you bright and early in your morning and heading into my evening. Looking forward to chatting with you. Hi, everyone in probably I should say the medical education readers, medical education colleagues. Thank you for the opportunity, Kevin, to present and share our paper. Thank you. I'm looking forward to chatting about it with you. And as you introduce yourself to the medical education field, I want to ask you a little bit about your own background, because I know from our earlier conversation that you've come to medical education from business. And we was just curious as to what led to that transition. Okay. Yeah, this is a very long story. So before I came back to Hong Kong, I was an assistant professor at St. Louis University Missouri in the U.S. And at that time, I was invited to visit healthcare simulation centers at St. Louis University Hospital. So I was really impressed about the kind of technology could be used in medical education and training. And then I came back to Hong Kong in 2015, and I still working on my research in the business areas. So in 2017, one of the authors, the third author of this paper, Jianping Liu. I also met him when I was in the U.S. He was a visiting scholar of medical school at Washington University in St. Louis. We talked a lot about the application of simulation technologies in medical education and training. So we kept contact. After he came back, and then he became the leading role in promoting simulation technologies in mainland China. So this project actually was initiated back to 2017, so almost five years ago. And he came to me, and then he told me, I have an idea. <laughs> so now I am trying to promote the healthcare simulation center in mainland China. But I find out some centers, they are doing really good. So they have very advanced equipment, very well-trained faculty members, full staff members. But some centers, even though they have large space, they have the state-of-art equipment, but the usage rate is pretty low. So he asked me whether we can collaborate to investigate the healthcare simulation center implementation from a management perspective. Mm. Then we thought about our visits about the healthcare simulation centers in St. Louis. So we said, okay, in U.S., they can implement the center in very good shape. So how can we help the community in China and then to implement the centers better? Yeah, so that's kind of the background why I transfer from the business areas and then to the healthcare simulation center research. Yeah. Can you say a little bit more about that context in China? You mentioned that the rate at which um, these simulation centers are being created is increasing rapidly. What is it that's driving that from your impression? 
I think the main drivers, we probably can categorize into two main drivers. So one is the Chinese government policy. So they try to promote the residency training centers in almost all the hospitals, all the large-scale hospitals. So they offer 5 million Chinese yuan as the starting fund and then to support training centers, all the residency programs in different hospitals. So with the promotion of this policy, one result is the establishment of the healthcare simulation center. So the healthcare simulation center will serve as a center and then to provide the training to the residents. Another main driver is the digital transformation of the hospitals. So they try to uh, digitalize the hospital management. So as we can see, like now many hospitals, they try to implement HIS, the hospital information systems. So this is one key component. Another key component is they also try to implement the EHR, the electronic healthcare records for the patients. So if you think about the hospital management, the other large component is the healthcare service quality. So in order to help the healthcare service quality, the fundamental sources will be the healthcare professionals. That's why they care more about the trainings and the educations. So this could be like two major drivers. Yeah, and with those having such a broad impact, you appear to have turned to the management literature, as you said, the information technology world to try to frame the way that you were thinking about the study and their exploration. Again, most of our listeners won't be from the management world. What are the key factors that you saw there that helped you to think more carefully about what you wanted to do in this context? Okay, yeah, that's a very important question. So as I just shared, I came from the business and my previous research mainly focused on like how the information technology may transform the organizational behavior. So I have done a lot of research in IT-enabled services, particularly in the business areas. So how IT-enabled services will be accepted or implemented in different organizations. And then we reviewed the literature back to 20 years and then to identify the key components that may influence the IT-enabled services implementation in organizations. So we identify four key dimensions, including the technology factors, organizational factors, also environment and the individual factors. So we integrate all the key components together and propose a research framework we call a TOEI framework, and then to investigate the healthcare simulation center implementations in this project. And definitely after we came out this framework, I become a committee member of the healthcare simulation center community in China. And then I attend many conferences. I visited many other centers, not included in our research before we came up the interview questions. So after we have the research framework, we come up the uh, interview questions and then we invite a panel of experts to review the interview questions. And we also do some pilot tests, so interview a few experts before we really went into the field. Yeah. 
And, in in uh, addition to the interviews, I understand you collected some secondary data. That aspect is probably more variable in terms of the methodologies that we would typically encounter. What was useful to you? What data did you have available to help you understand these high-performing simulation centers? Yeah, we probably should talking about the main findings of the four dimensions in our framework. Based on our TOEI framework, so from the technology dimensions, we find out the technology portfolio configuration is very important. So when we're talking about the information technology usage in medical training and education, uh, usually we'll have the two categories. One is simulation technologies and the other one is information systems. So like simulation technologies will be mainly used for training and then for education. And for information systems will be mainly for information management. So try to coordinate the information that may be used during the training and education. So this is a very important factor. So from the technology perspective, and then based on our field findings, our interview and also the secondary data like observations, a lot of teaching documents, a lot of data from their databases, the hospital news, my observation notes. And then we find out for majority of the centers in China, the simulation technologies equipments very advanced from overseas vendors. But for the information systems, either they use very few information systems or they use multiple information systems just to manage a very simple task. Yeah, so this is one. From the organizational dimensions, we find out how the hospital, they position the role of the center is very important. So if the hospital think the center will be served only as a supportive role, they will not allocate many resources. Also the financial commitment from the hospitals. Also what kind of organizational position they have. Are they the tier one position or tier two positions? All these are very important. So from environment, we find out that government support some medical education association and the vendor that play very important roles. Individuals, we find out the center leader play very important role. So the vision of the center leaders sometimes will highly influence the performance of the center. So even though it cannot change the role, but what kind of performance the center could have, it highly depends on the center leader, the staff and the faculty yeah, so these are the key factors we identified from our interviews or our secondary data. And I imagine that all those factors not only exist independently, but they likely interact with one another in, in complex and complicated ways. So having done this work and identified those factors and identified new strategies that high-performing centers are using, what guidance would you offer to those who are trying to start something from scratch? What's most important to people who are trying to create high-performing centers like the ones that you studied? Yeah, so after we identify those key factors from the four dimensions, the technology organization, environment, and also the individual's factors, we identify the three strategy that could be used and then to develop high-performance centers. One is innovation center, one is the training and education center, and the other one is the facility management center. So 
the majority of the training center in mainland China now, I think, it serves as the training and education center, and still larger percent serve as high performance will be the small percent serving as the facility center. So in our findings, we find that there is one center at the earliest stage still is a facility management center, but it has high potential to become a training and education center later. And also another one is the innovation center. They try to find new ways to apply the simulation technologies in the hospital activities, except for the training and education. They try to simulate the medical safety behaviors in the hospital environment and then try to see how the people be aware of the medical safeties. Yeah. So related to these three strategies, which strategy to pick up? It really depends on the hospital's objective. So if the hospital only wants this one to serve as the facility center and then that is the other department to take care of the training and the education uh, activities, then they can let the center to serve only as facility management center. So it really depends on the hospitals. Well, it was such a great opportunity to see such a variety of hospitals and simulation centers. And as you said, to observe them over the long time so that you could get as deep into this work as you did, as you've now identified this framework and fleshed it out with these three strategies. What question remains for you? What's the next most important thing that you want to know in terms of how to enable these high-performing centers to get even better? Yeah, this is a very good question. Thank you for asking this question, Kevin. So, in your previous question, you're talking about we have the different configurations. We combine them into different strategies. In our future research, we would like to have some quantitative data and then to use the configurational approach using the statistical model, collect larger scale data, and then to test for which kind of strategy will be more appropriate and then to achieve what kind of outcomes. Yeah, so this is one of the future directions we would like to do. Another one is, in our paper, we only focus on the high-performance healthcare simulation centers. We don't look at the low-performance healthcare simulation centers. So one concern we have in the previous project is we a little bit worry if we interview the low-performance center, they may not tell the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like if I ask you, oh, why your center is not doing good? What are the reasons? They may try to hide the real causes of those reasons. But we will still try to capture the real and accurate information behind the centers, why they are doing, why they don't achieve satisfactory performance currently, and then to see like how we can do to improve their performance. Yeah, so these are kind of two major future directions we would like to proceed. Also, a good news is I have gathered permission from the UGP Medical Foundation. They will help me and then to collect more data in the future. That's not just good news, that's great news. <laughs> yeah, we'll look forward to seeing what comes of that. I'm glad to hear that you have the resources and the opportunity to keep this work going forward. We obviously still have a lot more 
to learn, but the lessons that you have offered are very important. And I'll just direct our listeners back to the paper so that they can find the details. It is titled Implementation Strategies for High-Performance Healthcare Simulation Centers, uh, Multi-Center Exploratory Case Study in China. Ai Hua Yan is the first author, and you'll find it in the May 2022 issue of Medical Education. So again, thanks for listening, and Ai Hua, thanks so much for taking the time to talk. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Kevin.